Hello and welcome to Backseat Podcast. Today is the second episode of the first series of the Backseat Managers with me, George Barnden. And me, Ralph. So today we are doing our... Ralph, will you explain what we are doing today? Because this was your idea. Uh, we are doing the Premier League team of the decade, but with a twist, okay? Uh-huh. It's, not your, it's not your average Premier League team of the decade for two reasons. The first reason is we're... We're going to be doing it on the highest peak. So the best single season that these players have had. Not yes. So longevity isn't really a factor here. Um, uh, and the second twist is we're doing a draft. So once I pick a player, George can't then pick him and, and vice versa. And we're not. Um, what's key about that, listeners, is we are not doing it starting with the goalkeeper. We can start anywhere. So it's a real game of cards between me and Ralph here about who's going to pick what, who's going to pick where. And I'm already thinking, who's he going to choose? Yeah. Which, you know, so I think it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, but anyway, be before we do that, we are going to talk about, just briefly, about the start of the Bundesliga, which starts tomorrow. Am I right, Ralph? Yep, tomorrow. Perfect. So um, who are you supporting? It's a, it's a very interesting title race this year actually yeah. I think you've, seen, you've seen this Bayern side is a very young exciting Bayern side but lacks the experience of previous ones to maybe push themselves adrift from the tight from the chasing pack so I think you've got Dortmund uh, what's how do you say it Brissy and Gladbach Brissy and Gladbach yeah uh, they're still chasing and of course Leipzig who have been terrific to watch with uh, for me one of the most exciting young managers coming through the next Jurgen Klopp I think um, and I think that's going to be very, very interesting to see. Who are you backing? Well, obviously, I really, well, I want Mönchengladbach to win a title. Not, you know, mm-hmm. I've got a £5 bet on them, so that's kind of why. <laughs> I win oh, 85 right. quid if they, uh, if they win the title, so <laughs> that'll be quite nice. But uh, the main team that I'm supporting for sentimental value is uh, obviously Cologne, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, we all know why you're supporting Cologne. And a boy from Mepsum supporting Cologne. <laughs> no, they've always been. They've always been my German, my German team. You know, I've gone to City a lot. Yeah, uh, a lot. I've got friends over there. So, um, yeah, hopefully they can stay nice and safe and mid-table because that's kind of the best they can do. But, but yeah, I, yeah. I think I'm, I'm. I think as much as I don't particularly like the Red Bull regime, I think I am supporting Leipzig. I mean, I really, really, I cannot tell you how much I like Nagelsmann. I really love him. I think he's a top, top draw manager. Yeah, I mean, Honestly, I was. I do. I when think he, actually, when he was at Hoffenheim, I was, I was screaming for Emery to be sacked and uh, for Nagelsmann to come to Arsenal, but I think. But you know, it's not going to happen now. Not it's too big now. Deal. Exactly. No. Um, but who do you think will do it? I think Bayern will do it. Yeah, I think Bayern will do it. I think, you know, they've got the experience, they've got enough. I don't, I'm not a big. I just think uh, Dortmund's manager, Favre, is just not very good to be honest and he can't I, I, I can't see Dortmund ever winning a major trophy under him so yeah I think we've got about they've got about 9-10 games left um, Bayern are at the top with 55 points Borussia Dortmund is second with 51 Leipzig a third with 50 Munch, what I can't say the word you're going to have to say it for me Munchen Gladbach are uh, fourth with 49 and you've got Leverkusen with 47 and then way, way behind them, Schalke with 37. I think four points, four or five points for Leipzig and Dortmund to chase Bayern. It's doable, but I think Bayern are getting better. Yeah. I think this new manager is really starting to get... So I think Bayern will do it, but I'm hoping 
Leipzig or Dortmund can chase them down because I think it's good. It's always good to have a bit of a change. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's go on. Let's Premier get League started. Team of the decade. Who's going to go okay, first? Me go first. Are you sure? Well, I'm going to start with my striker, and this is going to wind you up because I've gone oh, with no. Luis oh, Suarez. I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> I have to change my whole team. <laughs> uh, do we announce our formation now or wait a bit? Uh, let's wait a bit because it might depend yeah. on who. Yeah, I'm going to go with Luis Suarez. 31 goals in the 2013 to 14 season, considering he missed about the first five games, was pretty yeah. phenomenal. Almost, almost single-handedly dragging Liverpool to the title. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you could talk about your Agueros, you can talk about your Canes. Kane in particular has had some good seasons, but nobody. I mean, I remember watching this guy. He was a maniac. He was a maverick. I also remember watching him in the World Cup that year. And he was banned for the first game, then came in and destroyed England. <laughs> remember yeah. when Steven Gerrard lost the ball? It was like Steven Gerrard's oh second God. massive slip-up in that season. Lost the ball to Luis Suarez and he pokes it in last minute. I mean, the man is a maverick. I mean, he's not a nice fella. I mean, when he's against you, you hate him. But he's, he's an absolute maverick, an absolute genius at times. Um, He's what he's even got even better with uh, uh, Barcelona is that when he was at Liverpool, if defenders stood off him, he used to manage to find his way through. Now you can attack him as a defender, or you can lay off. He'll still fu- still find a way around you. He'll still be the brilliant player that he is. So for me, Luis Suarez up front, banging in those goals. Yeah, he was going to be my first pick as well because I mean. Uh... 48 goal involvements, 31 goals and 17 assists. That is the highest goal involvements ever in the Premier League. And I mean, what's so crucial about that is he missed five. I know. He missed the beginning I of mean, the season. I, no, I mean, it's almost like maybe you could argue Henri in the 2003 season, but the, no. Suarez, this season for Suarez was the best individual season in Premier League history, in my opinion. I mean, so, I think there's another player that did... Similar feats. Yeah, similar, um, but not quite up there. But yeah, no. my, my player, my pick, who is it going to be? I was going to pick Suarez, but I think now I'm going to go for, just because I think you're going to pick him soon as well, I'm going to go for Salah. Ah! At my, at my, at my right I didn't think spot. you'd choose him. I didn't yeah. think you'd choose him, you know. Yeah, oh, that's, got... that's, that's, that hurts. That hurts, man. You've got to go with Salah because... Uh, um, 32 goals is the highest ever I mean broken record in that 2017-2018 season highest goals tally in a single 38 game season that, I mean that that's that's like that on its own that on its own is enough to get you in this team it was an outstanding season I think it was even like people don't really uh, you know people are underestimating how crazy that season was 43 goal involvements only beaten three times, by once by Van Persie in his last season, once by Henri, and once by um, uh, Suarez. So he's got to go in my team because not only has he had that insane season, but he's also had pretty insane seasons following that as well. So I mean, and for me, I think that season in terms of him playing as part of the team was his worst. I mean, it's his yeah. best in terms of individual, but he's him and Mane have really worked together because now what you get is in Suarez's first season, you never really, I mean, Salah's first season, you never really got 
you didn't know who he was, so people didn't really bother with him. Second season, they knew who he was, so then that freed up chances for Mane. But when they when they had to defend Mane, then Salah's the problem. And I think that's the greatest thing about the Liverpool front three is that because, well, in particular, those two, they're so evenly matched that if you try and mark one of them, the other one's going to get you. And yeah. I think that's so crucial. True. So, yeah, I think we've got the, the, the two big record breakers out of the way. Yes. So, uh, your um, next pick? I'm going to go with... Someone who I think I'm going to put in the middle of the park, just because I think he, in terms of creativity, is the greatest of all time. And I can't wait to see what more he can do in the Premier League if he stays. Because there's been a bit of murmurs to do with the Champions League ban, but I'm going with Kevin De Bruyne. Oh, God's sake. He's taking yeah. all my players, man. It's fine. I've got, I've got a backup to Kevin De Bruyne. It's fine. I knew you were going to take it. <laughs> Uh, I mean, the man is insane. I mean, this season, I think it's, what, 17 insists? He's got, I think he's got the highest um, goals and assists together, potentially. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I think he he has been the player of the season. We discussed this last week. He's outstanding. I think in terms of gifted players, I think he's right up there in the top five. Mm. But, I mean, I'm thinking maybe Henri, for me, the three most gifted players of all time in the Premier League, probably Henri... Suarez and De Bruyne, I would say. I think in terms of just pure, gifted, beautiful football to watch. And I'll never forget last season when he came on for the FA Cup final and they were 3-0 up already. But he turned this great team into abs- to the next level. I didn't think there was a next level, but he managed to come on and do it. And he was just fantastic. Yeah. The ginger wizard in the park. I don't think there's any more that can be said about how much I love this fella. But so I think arguably Bruyne. his best season and his yeah his best season was was this season. I mean, 24 goal involvements already this season, having you know still having like nine or ten games to play or whatever it is. Uh, I think yeah. yeah, I agree. In the last three or four seasons, he has definitely been the best midfielder in the Premier League, and he's also he's also a big time player. I remember. In his first season, like first half season, he was injured for quite a lot of it, but he came on against Paris Saint-Germain in the second leg of the Champions League and Aguero was terrible. Like Aguero missed a penalty, but Kevin De Bruyne came on and he scored this absolute screamer to send Man City through to the semi-final. And I thought, oh, just what a gifted um, young man, even though he's older than me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, your next choice. Yeah, oh, I don't know. I don't know who to go for here now, actually. I think I'm going to... Because I don't want you to take him. So I think I'm going to go for Eden Hazard. In my left-wing spot. You're destroying my wide play, man. You've taken both my wiggers. And I wouldn't put... I wasn't going to put him in this team until I... I kind of forgot how crazy he was in the 2018-2019 season, like the last season he had for Chelsea. I mean, he carried them. Yeah, I mean, but there's, I mean, you're talking at least three seasons where he was absolutely phenomenal. The first time they won the title with Mourinho, I think for me, his best season was the one when they won the title with Conte. I mean, wasn't he? I think that was uh, 2016, 2017, wasn't it? He was absolutely terrific within that three-four-three system. But that's the thing. I knew. I knew he was. He had great seasons, and he. I mean, if you're doing a normal team of the uh, decade with longevity factored in as well, he would definitely go in it. But I was thinking, which what actual season was he outstanding in? And 
it was the 18-19 season because he had he carried Chelsea. I think he had like he was the top assister for like 15 or 16 assists. Can't quite remember, but he had 31 goal involved. I mean, I still remember him single-handedly wrecking Arsenal in the Europa League final, just I mean, causing havoc. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he did. To be fair to him. But but not even that. It was it was it was just the fact that he had to do everything. He had five mm. plus dribbles per ninety on average in 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 that season, which is insane. Like that is that is in that is messy numbers. Well, I mean, you say he had to do everything. He had the creativity of Jorginho behind him. I mean, <laughs> passing no, the ball sideways. I mean, they had, they didn't have a striker. He had to score the goals. He was yeah. their chief creator as well. He had to assist all the goals. Uh, he actually put in a lot of defensive work when the other forwards in the front line didn't. He was he was an exceptional player then. So yeah, he's my he's my uh, left winger. Yeah, right. You've taken both my wingers, so That's I am going to go for I'm a glad. bit. Of a, I think I might go for a bit of a system change. You know, big time, big time system change. Um, so next person I'm going to go with, just because I want to solidify my cent- central center of the park. I'm going to add these two in next to each other. I'm going to go with N'Golo Kante. Okay. I think You're allowed to have him. I, I didn't have him. Did you not? No. Oh. I had a different player. You went he with someone else. reserve I think, player. I think, uh, yeah, well, I had it the other way around. I think the one you're thinking of was my reserve player. But, um, I mean, this guy, I think, for me, what he did at Leicester, oh, wasn't he terrific that season? Providing mm. a shield to that, you know, they were, had passion that defense, but they had the whole at the faults because look, they had Robert Huth and Wes Morgan. Like, come on, um, and Kante was there controlling the stopping the tides, the greatest stopping of the tides job, I think, domestic over a domestic season. Then going in and winning another title with Chelsea, what a difference he made. Him and Hazard that season were terrific, winning player of the season that season as well because people appreciated how important he was. Now, look. We said this on last week's podcast that I don't think he's hit the levels since perhaps it, for those two seasons after it because I think Sarri played him in the wrong position and Lampard continues to do so, really. Um, I know mm. he's had fitness problems this season. but uh, And he was fantastic. He was good for France as well. I mean, just a terrific talent. So quick, so agile. Doesn't he doesn't even hack that much? I mean, he gets the occasional yellow card, but he's not a big dirty player either. He just does about everything with pure professionalism. Mm. No flash. He's all. Some players I I like to say are all fur coats and no knickers, which means they've got no substance but can do all the style. A bit like David Beckham, but Kante is all knickers, no fur coats, and yeah. I like that about him. Yeah, I mean, the fact that not many uh, players have, you know being a key component in a title-winning side and then moved clubs and being a key component in a title-winning yeah. side. So, yeah, and I think I would say his best season was probably the Leicester season. He had to hold back the oceans at times. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I can't argue with that. Actually, I don't know. I think he, his Chelsea season might have been better. Yeah, but, I mean, he had Matic alongside him as well. So, I feel yeah, like Leicester was... I'm, I mean, at, that, Danny Matt, Drinkwater beside him. Yeah, not. but look at well, look at what Matic is doing now. Matic is not that good. Yeah, of and course. Can't play, no, look can't at, play look, look at Danny Drinkwater is doing now. I mean, <laughs> driving well, look, drunk, that's what he's doing. Danny Drinkwater is grossly underused, all right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, right, you go next then. 
Um, I think I've got to go with a midfielder because you've taken two already. Um, I'm going to go with a midfielder who is also a City midfielder, but I think has had a better season than De Bruyne has ever had. And that is Yaya Torre. Because the 13-14 season, I mean, he single-handedly carried Man City to that title. You know what? I didn't appreciate. I I I didn't appreciate how good he was that season until I saw the stats. He scored twenty goals, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, from the I middle mean, of the park. Yeah, I, I mean, mean that that's is, insane. And it, and not only that, but most of his goals are absolute screamers. Yeah, like I I do like. Yeah, I get what you mean, but I just think the creativity of De Bruyne and what he allows other people to do. I mean. Well, I talk about Aguero. I mean, as good as he is, he gets everything put on a silver platter for him because yeah. people like De Bruyne in particular are just creating so much. But that, so think- that's that's why I kind of think like how how special the season was because this this new Pep Guardiola City team was is so you know it's a well oiled machine. But this one was so dysfunctional. Their way of winning games when they weren't playing well was give it to Ayatori and hope he just runs up the pitch and scores yeah. a screamer. And he did that twenty times. I mean, I still remember. I still remember all it always coming through on Five Live. Oh, Man City aren't doing well. They're really struggling. Could this? They're giving up distance. Oh, Torres got the ball. Torres got the ball, and he scores. And you get that. And it's yeah. like, oh, oh, they've done it again. I, I, he, I, the, the season was insane. Twenty goals, nine assists. Best season by a midfielder in the Premier League this decade. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I think it was exceptional. He was one of my first picks in the team. Was uh, he? He didn't, even get, he didn't even get up and get in my backup team. But I think that's just because I didn't particularly like watching him as a player. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's purely just. That's, I think it's yeah. also the the like another player that I think I'm going to say as well is like both Yaya Torre and this other player have fallen off quite a lot since this fantastic season and so fans and 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 watchers of the game have a kind of uh obscure you know they don't quite remember how fantastic their best season was yeah okay i will go next and i think i better get some wingers in and uh because you've taken my first two but this chap was going to be i was going to put him in the number 10 role because I think that's where he plays best season. But I am going to stick him out wide on the right, I think. And I'm going to go with one of my favourite players all time to watch. It's the Welshman, is Gareth Bale. Oh, yeah. He won PFA Player of the Year, scoring 20 goals. A bit like Hazard, but, he, but I would even say that that Tottenham side was worse than the mm. Chelsea side. Uh, they finished fifth that season. Uh, Rather extraordinary, uh, extraordinary, uh, winning winning player of the season. I think it was the 2012 to 2013 season where he just really took it into stride. They were managed by uh, Andre Vies Boas, who's a bit of a tactically clueless. We saw that with Spurs and Chelsea, and carrying this side, who spent so much, who they went, they sold him and spent so much money the season after on Soldado, Lamella. Ericsson, who, okay, Ericsson would be seen as a success. I never really liked Christian Ericsson that much, but I don't think any of these players even got to a third of the 
the magnitude and the presence that this man has. I mean, mm. he did a fantastic job when he first went to Real Madrid. Let's not forget that either. People seem to forget that. He scored the winning goal in the Champions League final. I mean, he's he's a multi, multi-time Champions League winner. Mm. He's, he's an unbelievable talent. What he did for Wales. Yeah. People have such short memories of how good this man is. I remember just watching him for Wales and thinking, I wish England had something like this. And I still thought that in the Croatia semi-final, if we'd have had Gareth Bale, we would have won that game. Yeah. You can talk about you can talk about or your if Harry Kane squared it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You can talk about your your Sterlings um being great and get, but some people go, Oh, Sterling's better than Bale ever was. I think that's rubbish. Yeah, Bale at his prime is better than Sterling. But uh, I would yeah. still take if you got Bale fit and in a Premier League team. I mean, Newcastle won him, perfected takeover. Mm-hmm. I still would have Bale over Sterling. Controversial, Oof. I know. What at I this age? Know. No, Sterling is significantly better, better player now. But Bale at his prime was better. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, so I've gone with uh, my my guy Gareth Bale. All right. Um. I might go. I think I'm gonna do a centre back because oh. I want to get I want to get this guy in before you take him. Oh no! But which one do I pick? Because I've got two great centre backs, and I don't know which one to pick. I've got two. I've got two great centre backs, but I you know what? Centre back is the only position where I've got good backups as well. I mean, there's multiple backups. Yeah, but there is uh, there are two that definitely stand out for me. Yeah, I, I think there's there's. There's, I think we've got the same two, so I'm just going to go with the one that I prefer, which is Vincent yeah. Company. Okay, gone for Vincent right. Company. Uh, led City to the NT19 title and the 11-12 title, player of the season in 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 the 2011-12 uh, season. I mean that says it all. Centre back, player of the season for in a title winning side, with scoring title winning goals, and like single handedly keeping the defence together where especially in those first couple of title wins when they really you know had the likes of an aging Zabaleta had like Di Michaelis at the back as well some of their defensive color you know, were yeah were atrocious and I mean company had to had to deal with that and I mean yeah it, it, he would get in the team if it was highest peak or longevity he's he's a fantastic center back player of the season what more can you really say about him great Deserved, deserved spot in my in my team. Right, okay, I'm going to go with the centre back now, just so you don't get the dream partnership. And um, obviously, I think I was so glad that you went for company over this one because I think you're so wrong if you're going to choose one season. I think company's better. We watch him defend and we watch him score. Impossible. He's been number one. It's Virgil Van Dyke. Love the man. Here we are, Love George the man, the style, the composure, the strength. He's the dream defender. And he's not bad to look at as well. I mean, he's fantastic. I mean, everything about him. He's, what he did for that Liverpool back line, can't, words cannot describe. They were shambolic. Mm. Remember what some of the defending from the Liverpool back line before he came instantly comes in January, February, that Champions League game. I mean, they were still conceding goals, but there was something different about them. There was a calmness about them. And you know what? They would have won that Champions League if it wasn't for that idiot who's now terminated his contract, Karius in uh, Turkey. But um, Van Dijk, 
I don't need stats for this one. He's incredible. He's going to go on to be the best centre-back the Premier League's ever seen. You've heard it here. Backseat managers. You've heard it here. George Barnum, backseat managers. He's going to go on to be the best centre-back the Premier League's ever seen. I he was... He was he was in my team. He was my second choice, but I do actually think you're overstating it because yes, he completely changed the fortunes of Liverpool, but not on his own. Because at the same time, both the fullbacks Robertson and and Alexander Arnold came in, and you cannot underestimate the amount that those two fullbacks helped to change Liverpool's back four as uh, as well. Of course, I I accept that, but actually, Alexander Arnold had been pondering about the team earlier. And without Van Dijk, Alexander Arnold wouldn't have been able to fulfil what he's done. And I, I strongly believe. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, he's and I think probably, it's the same, he I has it's the same probably reached the highest peak of any centre back this decade. But I yeah. do think he's you're going a little bit over the top here in your in your estimates of his impact. I mean, the last two seasons he's been absolutely phenomenal. I think his last two seasons were better than the two seasons. Well, particularly last season. Um, it's better than Company's best two seasons, in my opinion. I don't know. Company in the 2011-2012 season was pretty outstanding because because he, I, I mean, he had he had he like Van Dyke. What I'm saying is Van Dyke actually has great defensive midfielders in front of him and great fullbacks alongside him, whereas Company kind of had Fernandinho and then a terrible back four. Yeah, I get that, but you know. It's just difficult. I, I mean, we both had them both in, so you go next then. Um, I'm going to, I think I'm, uh, hmm, I don't know. What have I done so far? Yeah, I think I might go for goalkeeper, actually. Interesting. Because I think there's, I mean, if you're talking about a best individual season for a goalkeeper, it's got to be De Gea in that 2017-2018 season for Man United. Interesting, because I've, I've trapped you because I knew you were going to choose De Gea and I think you thought that I was going to choose him. I haven't chosen De Gea. Oh. Because well, I think, as much as I, I appreciate what De Gea did, part of me is just thinking he didn't have the impact of my goalkeeper I mean my goalkeeper is not even my favourite goalkeeper in the league right now but the impact that this goalkeeper had with the philosophy that I have chosen I believe was more influential for how that team went on to play than um, what they I think I know who you've put and he was my reserve but I just think like Man United finished second that season and it was it is all down to De Gea I mean their team was pretty bad uh, and Mourinho went on to win it the next season. Oh, oh, the Mourinho, you're talking about the Mourinho season. Sorry, I've got yeah, this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mourinho 17 18 season. I mean, yeah. they played absolutely dire football the entire time. Oh. Like, so defensive. Like, just, that's not that's so out of character for Mourinho, though. No, well, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but the reason why they could do that was because of De Gea. 115 mm. saves in the whole season, which is just crazy for a, for a team to finish second. And I'll just, I'm just going to, you know, get up a, um, some stats about a game that really shows the extent to De Gea's like, fantasticness yeah. in this season. And it was the game where he broke the record, the most amount of saves in one game. 
and it's a game that I hate. Okay, it was Arsenal oh, one, Man United three at the Emirates. Okay, we had Arsenal had um, Arsenal has seventy five percent possession. They had thirty three shots against Man United's eight. Thirty three against Man United's eight, and Arsenal only scored one goal, and Man United scored three. And De Gea got 14 saves in one game, which broke the record for the most amount of game, uh, saves in one game. I mean, I remember yeah. watching that game and I was so angry because De Gea had just saved Man United just like every other game in the season. He, I mean, genuinely, Man United finished second all down to De Gea. So I think he is... I mean, I, 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 can, I, can, I can tell who you're going to put as your goalkeeper, but I think there's no argument. De Gea definitely had the best individual season of a goalkeeper. Well, I don't need to put my goalkeeper because you've obviously yeah. released him. <laughs> I can wait till the end. Um, I'm going to go with, and it's a toss-up because I want to get a full-back on, but it's which one I choose. I'm going to go with Trent Alexander-Arnold. Mm, yeah. Did you go with the other one? He was, he was my reserve. Oh, I'd, if you've gone with the one I think you've gone with, I think you're foolish. Um, <laughs> he's just not that good. Um, Alexander Arnold, what can you say? I mean, he's the uh, behind Kevin De Bruyne. He's the top assister. I mean, the amount of assists that him and his partner on the left hand side are doing is unspeakable. I uh, I um, discussed this in last week's part that what Liverpool have changed about the way football's been playing is with City and lots of other teams, the creativity comes from the centre mids. But the centre mids in the Liverpool team do what the old-fashioned Gary Neville fullbacks used to do, which is sit back and control the tides, whereas the two fullbacks are the creativity from different areas. And it causes teams all kinds of problems. And he is just unbelievable. I mean, that corner. I mean, that corner. The, the, I mean, obviously, the Barcelona were, they were napping. But... To have the vision, the quickness, the sharpness to do that. We know there's mistakes in him. We know he's not the best defensive one uh, player. I mean, he's no... Um, I mean, wan is a fullback that I'm a big fan of. If you've gone with him, actually, I'll, I'll rate that. But um, he's he's better defensively. But going forward, Alexander-Arnold is the complete creativity on for what you would want from a right-back. So I'm going with my Liverpool buddy, Trent Alexander-Arnold. Lots yeah, of love, he's, he's definitely had the best... Uh attacking season for a right back but I argue there's there's been a more complete right back season uh, which I which I'll go on to later but my pick will be um, I think it will be Fernandinho in the middle of the park nice and I've picked him ahead of Kante because I think he was he's been the best CDM uh uh, this 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 decade in the Premier League, um, I mean he 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 has carried City at times in terms of their defensive ineptitude. He's had to hold back the oceans. He's mm-hmm. had terrible back fours behind him. Yeah. He's had you know lazy Yaya Torres at the end of his careers beside him. Yeah. He's had awful Frank like you know Nigel De Jong's at the at the start of his career, and then like that Fernando guy. You know, seriously, some of the city sides were quite awful, and the reason why they did, you know, stayed in the top four and challenged for the title all the time, was largely thanks to Fernandinho. And 
he's played. I mean, to to reinvent himself after severe injuries as a centre back this season shows yes. how insanely good this this he guy is. He is uh, exceptional, and I think we, whenever you remember the last season when City were going against Liverpool, that they lost two or three games in the space of a month when he was injured. Because they couldn't cope without him. Exactly, it shows his importance. He was a cog that kept them moving. He's, I mean, he even though City... I think De Bruyne is, even though De Bruyne is more of an exceptional talent, they miss Fernandinho more and have done this season because Rodri has not filled that void, mm. um, really. As yeah, much he as is, he is, he is, he is City's version of Van Dijk in yeah. terms of the linchpin in their in their defence. Um, and I have to add some balance in my team. So I've gone for a nice little solid defensive midfielder there, Fernandinho. Yep. Lovely. I mean, it was either him or Kante, wasn't it? I mean, it was a yeah. toss-up. I just went with Kante because I thought what he did with Leicester and then Chelsea winning the titles with two different teams back-to-back, um, I just thought was phenomenal. I did, okay. actually, I did actually have a, a all-city midfield, but you took De Bruyne away from me. I am going to go with... My left back now. I'm going to go with Andy Robertson. Oh, thank goodness for that. I didn't pick him. Didn't think you would, actually. But I think Andy Robertson, like with Trent, they are being the top fullbacks. Um, I mean, potentially you could argue Ashley Cole or Patrice Evra, but I think in terms of assists and what he does, he's, he's such a hard worker. He just goes up and down that flanks, and he's so consistent as well. He constantly delivers. He's so reliable, more reliable than Trent, actually. And the the fans love him. The fans absolutely adore that guy because he's worked so unbelievably hard. Um, he gets back, he tackles, he does all the dirty work as well. Um, yeah, I, I don't think there's much more to be said. I think this guy, people seem to underestimate him because he, he's Scottish, he's this, he's that. But I think he's, he's a terrific player. Yeah, he's a, he's a fantastic overall all-round left-back, but I think there's someone who's had a better individual season in a much less good side than him. Um, uh, now, do I go for... Because hmm, you've basically taken all my uh, options for back four. Well, you, um, you said, you said no, no, no you, I mean, you said you said all your options for back four, so I don't need to prioritize mm-hmm. that. Maybe I should prioritize my last midfielder or my striker. And I think I think I'm going to go for my last midfielder, who was my backup to De Bruyne. And that is, I know your your people are going to be, you know, the people are going to underestimate him and think this is controversial, but Meza Özil. He has had the best <laughs> number 10 performance in the league this decade. Okay. Would you 20... care to expand on why you think that is? Yes, I will. The 2015-2016 season, he had six goals and 19 assists. 19 assists is the most assists of any player in the single season this decade. In fact, he's the second He's got the second most assists in a single season in Premier League history, only behind Thierry Henry with 20. People just have no idea that, that, that that's the case. Like People forget that Meza Ozil has got the most amount of assists in a single season in Premier League history, bar Thierry Henry. 
I mean, mm-hmm. he's uh, that season was insane. I remember watching, like, he should have led Arsenal to the Premier League title. Arsenal were the best team uh, that season, and if it wasn't for Giroud well, being, if it wasn't for Giroud being a pile of crap. Then Mesut Ozil would have had over twenty-five goals a season, and and, think, and he would have led Arsenal to the Premier League. Arsenal, Arsenal were really not that great that season because they you know, really didn't. Were. Well, we're talking about the season Leicester won the title. Yeah, and they finished second. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Leicester were, won the title. Were, 80, Leicester won the title with eighty-one points. That was a very, very, very low total, and Arsenal couldn't get there. So clearly, Arsenal weren't that good. No, but I'm not. Dis- I'm not disputing uh, Ozil and Sanchez because they were terrific. My Never point is, they- my point is, is that they were the best. As in, you don't. They were like unlucky to not win the title because they were the best. They were the best uh, uh, team in the league for that I don't season. Think they, I from, just don't think from they October, were. From October all the way to um, February, they were top of the league. Um, and I remember in the end of February they went, but they stretched about five points at the top of the league when they beat Leicester at the Emirates. Uh, and I mean, for another Urzu assist, last minute, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we had we collapsed in the next month and like lost like four games in a row because that's just what yeah. Arsenal do under Wenger. But uh, I genuinely think that Meza Urzu was absolutely insane this season, and the stats say it. I mean. I, he is the most unfairly disrespected player. I, he, I get what you're saying in terms of stats in one Premier League season, and people are, people are thinking he's a flop. What the hell? He carried Arsenal. He was very good, but he's lazy, and he he's not delivered what yeah, he could have he, delivered. Is he because there. the stats disagree? I mean, he runs uh, the like. Well, we're not talking about that season. Of, yes, that season. Yes, but. No, even previous- now, even now, even now, and even previously, he runs each game uh, one of the most uh, in the Arsenal team. You know, not he's he's the only player to have the most assists in a single season in Germany, Spain, and England. I mean, he can do it on a sunny day in in the Bernabeu. He can do it a cold, rainy night in Stoke, and he can do it in front of a fiery atmosphere in Dortmund. He is so underrated. Okay. I've you know had what, that was almost the most beautiful, eloquent speech, but you you bullsed it up by saying a sunny day in Germany. <laughs> you should have no, said a sunny day. Oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> but he, he, not only does he have insane numbers, but he's also one of the funnest players to watch as an Arsenal fan, and he is beautiful, and he does everything in style. And I mean, he has his own like finish, like that he does where he kicks the ball into the ground. Yeah, he's a very he's a very good backup to De Bruyne. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I'm going to finish my back four, and I mean this is tough because there are plenty. I mean, and quite a lot of these defenders that I'm thinking of in this decade weren't necessarily their best in this decade. But I'm going to go with uh, John Terry again um, because I think if you look in this decade, he won a title in 2009 and 2010. We'll count that, and then he won another one with Jose, and then won another one with Conte. That's that is three. Although he didn't contribute too much to the one in Conte, I think he. I spoke about this last week. His massive influence in the dressing room, which then went next the next season, and Chelsea flopped. He is a fantastic leader. His positioning was great. Okay, his pace wasn't quite fantastic even in his prime, and it was tailing towards the end. But I still think individually under in that Mourinho season he was just terrific in terms of 
leading the team, being that man that could tell that. I mean, this Marino team was a good team on the whole. Um, and I, ju- I just think he's a top, top draw defender and had some fantastic seasons in this decade. And I think lots of people dispute him because he, he's not a particularly nice guy. But I've seen him in the flesh for Chelsea and even for Villa at the end. And he's terrific. Yeah. All right. Fair I mean, enough. I would have had I would have had company over him. Don't get me wrong, but um, I still think he is a top player. Well, I'm going to go for my second centre back because you took Van Dijk off me, and I think he's another Chelsea player that's actually had better seasons and, and, and uh, has been better this I season than uh, John Terry. And that's Aspilicueta. I didn't think of him. I know you could put him as a full, but that's why oh. I, I knew I could have him in his team because he could slot in full back or centre back depending on who you I pick. So I was having like Vidic and Ferdinand, sort of them, that sort of territory. Um, I didn't think he just completely escaped my mind. Yeah, I mean, he's he definitely hasn't had a highest peak like Company or, or Van Dyke. Or even Terry, I don't think he's. Or, had a yeah, but I think Terry had that peak in the previous decade, though. I think I still think I still think, um, tw- I still think uh, twenty was it twenty? It would be the twenty fifteen season when they won it with Mourinho. Um, I still think he was terrific, Terry. He, and he, got was, he was good, definitely. With Gary Cahill next to him, who I don't think is that great, and Absolutator wasn't getting in at centre back. So I think if you're talking centre backs, I think Terry. But that's, but that's surely because they didn't have a right back, so they needed Aspinacueta to play right back or left back, which whichever it was. He played left back, and they had Philip Luis, but they played him as oh, yeah, Philip Luis was trash. But Aspinacueta, yeah. <laughs> he's uh yeah, he's he was my backup um, mm. centre back, and I think I mean I don't really have much to say to him. I didn't really want him to put in my team, but yeah, I just think I think he was. He, I definitely do think that he had. Especially in kind of the the Conte season, he was their best defender in the Conte yeah. season in that back four, and was vital to to them winning the season, uh, winning the title. So, um, right. so yeah, Aspilicueta. Right. So I'm going to do another winger, and he was a backup, but he's got rights to be in there because he's insane. And I'm going with Sadio Mane. All right. Um, I wouldn't have had him over uh, Salah and Hazard because I think personally they've had better seasons in terms of individual stats. But what Mane does for that Liverpool team, he's probably the most important. Heck, he's in my team. Yeah, he's the most important in that Liverpool front three. I mean, he has always consistently scored over 15 goals every season that he's been there. I mean, I think the first season that he was there, he when he got injured, they were a completely different team. And everyone was talking about Coutinho, Coutinho, Coutinho. I always knew that Sadio Mane was more important for that team than Coutinho was. Okay, Coutinho scored fantastic goals and he's a fantastic player. But he, what Mane brought, the pace, the dynamism, everything that he brings. I mean, we're talking 2018 last season. Wasn't he fantastic? 22 goals in 36 games. I mean, it's just unbelievable, sort of, the way he sort of went about it. And Salah went missing for quite a bit of time when they were in the chase and Mane delivering over and over again. Everyone was talking about Salah, what he did last season, blah 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 But Mane delivered over and over again. And I think the guy is certainly in that. I think the wingers, there's a real Salah, Bale, Hazard, uh, Mane. There's a real contingent of them that are very, very strong. 
particularly towards the latter stage of this decade, wide play is so much stronger than it was at the beginning of this decade. Would you agree with that? Um, yeah, probably. I think it's fair enough. Uh, I didn't actually. I thought. Uh, I mean, I don't have to use him because I've got my first choice wingers. But I would actually, as a, as a reserve, I put Alexis Sanchez over Mane because yeah. I thought he's had a higher peak in that um, in that yeah, uh, sixteen seventeen season where I, he got thirty one goal involvements, which is more than Mane has ever got in a single season. Yeah, but but Mane is playing with a better team, so therefore they're going to give the ball to different players. Arsenal would only give the ball to Alexis Sanchez because he was the only one that could deliver. And I get it's a different argument, but when you're playing in a better team, it's actually sometimes harder to get the higher stats. Look at Van Persie. He was as good for Man United the following season as he was for Arsenal. But because Arsenal needed him to score more, he scored more for Arsenal. So I think... No, he was definitely got... better in the, in the oh, Arsenal course. season. Oh, but... yabby, yabby do. He was. Um, he was too old yeah. at United. But anyway. Moving on. So how many... How many do you only have two, two uh, slots left then, don't you? Yes, I have two slots left. What, what are they? Striker, because I'm going with a four-four-two and goalkeeper. Striker and goalkeeper. Okay. I wonder. Oh, maybe I should pick a striker then, because I've got right back, left back, and striker. I'm going to pick my striker. Although I don't think I think I know who you're going to pick at the striker, but I'm not going to go for him because I think this player has had the. Um, a higher peak and I'm going to go with Van Persie as my striker interesting interesting or, it's interesting that I don't think either of us are going to go for Aguero then because he's actually his oh, higher peak aren't that high yeah well that's what I thought you were going to go for Aguero but I haven't gone for no, Aguero no I'm not going for Aguero actually I'm going for someone else mm, but yeah because, Van Persie yeah now I think about it potentially he could have been in there yeah Van Persie the last season for Arsenal 2011-2012 that was his outstanding season with 30 goals in the season and he had 44 goal involvements which was which is joint second with Thierry Henry and only bettered by Suarez in a single season I mean every single like attacking move that Arsenal did went through Van Persie he was the highest assister in the team and the highest scorer for me, actually, I thought that was the biggest ever example of a one-man team. And I know, I know that's fundamentally Arsenal wouldn't be called that, really. But I thought that was the biggest example of that. No, that's, the, that's that we've had... Arsenal have been a one-man team about three times. This is... One time is this season, when it was a Bamiang, because without him, we'd be in the relegation zone. One season was 16-17 with Alexis Sanchez. Mm-hmm. And, and the last season uh, was uh, Van Persie in, in, in 11-12. And he was, I mean, 44 goal involvements, only, only better by Suarez, says it all. I mean, that is, that is it's, in my opinion, the highest um, peak of a striker this decade other than Suarez. And so he's got to go, he's got to go in my striker slot. I am going to go with my second striker now. And I'm going to go with Harry Kane. Oh, um, hmm. bit of a doggy now, pick, not going to lie. Well, you say that, but look look at the stats, okay? 
So let's go with the three, his three best seasons, 2015 to 2016, 38 Premier League appearances, 25 goals. Now this season, I thought he was at the next season. I thought he was absolutely unreal. This is where Spurs finished second to Chelsea. I just thought he was unbelievable. 30 games, 29 goals. I mean, that is just unbelievable. What he did for that Spurs side, he was terrific. And then the following season, 2017 to 18, everyone remembers Salah doing what Salah was. But this was Kane's best, well, I would argue that 2016-17 was his best season. But 37 games, 30 Premier League goals. Brilliant. Any other season, I mean, we haven't hit since Salah got 32. What was it, 23 last season for the Golden Boot? It was shared. 22, between yeah. Man, yeah. 22 between Mane, Salah and Aubameyang. I mean, that's 59 goals in 67 games. That is just unbelievable. If you're looking at 2016 and 2017, and it's just madness. And people think, oh, this this guy is English, blah, blah, blah. And that's what you... But he has dragged this Spurs side that have been mediocre to Champions League... Okay, he didn't drag them to Champions League finals, a lie. But... um, to getting to being Premier League title challengers. I just think he's a terrific player. Now, obviously, if you're looking at the last two seasons, 28 games, 17 goals, 20 games, 11 goals. It's been underwhelming since he's come back from the World Cup. Now, I think that's due due to exhaustion and injuries, but it has been underwhelming and I won't deny that. But if you're looking at a peak, I think he deserves to be there as much as uh, potentially Robin Van Persie because it's just... I just think he galvanised for those two seasons, galvanised this Spurs side and really pushed them. And people were like, oh, what what this Spurs side now going to achieve? Okay, they didn't achieve anything, but you, you, you had the question mark, which is good for Spurs because they don't normally have the question mark of actually achieving something good. Mm. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, if Suarez and Van Persie already picked, then Kane is probably the next best one. I would. I, I what's, put Kane, what's Aguero's um, highest highest? Like isn't it like twenty eight or something? He never reached thirty, has he? Though no, he's never reached thirty. I don't think he's ever won the Golden Boot either. No, um, I think he won it once, but with like twenty yeah. something. So uh, let us know what yeah. your next choice. Is. Um. So I've got two fullbacks left, and I'm going to go with the one that. Uh, I didn't really like putting him in, but I just thought he was just slightly a more complete um, right back than Trent Alexander-Arnold and that's Carl Walker Oh, you see he's, I just don't see that at all I think he's been suspect at the back for years and he's, he's not he's cro- I mean he's quick but his crosses are nowhere near as good as Trent's I just don't see that I, I cannot I don't know how you can put that because he's not I mean, you only had to watch him for England. He was shambolic. I mean, he can't oh, yeah. defend. I mean, not, the, I mean he's course, quick. He if was he, shambolic if he in that quick, Croatia game. But in the 17-18... He, he would be useless. He would be absolutely no, useless. I disagree. Because in the 17-18 season for Man City, I think he was insanely good. And I think he was, like, he was extremely good at defending and put up fantastic defensive numbers. Extremely good at defending. And Cole great at attacking. Please. He's not, he's just, meh. He's just quick. That's why he's in the team. He's no, quick. No, no, I disagree. Yeah, but Trent, uh, Trent is Gareth not very Southgate good. Put Trent Trippier at right back over Kyle Walker. That says a lot about That's Kyle because Walker. Kyle Walker was put a centre back. 
Well, yes, because you know why? Because they wanted some speed. No, because That's they it. wanted five it's at the just, back and they had an abundance of right backs, except it's, and it's no centre backs. He's just a pace merchant. I'm no, sorry. Because I'm no, because he's he's a significantly better defender in his prime than Trent is. Trent is a better attacker. But I he, think if Kyle you were to go with proper complete. defensive if you were going to go with a proper defensive right back, you would go with Wambasaka and that would be fine. Fair enough. No, because but he, again, Wambasaka is Wan-Bissaka awful going forward. Wembasaka is awful going forward, so he's not a complete right back. Whereas Walker is great at both, and he's been—he was the best right back in eleven, twelve with at, uh, for Spurs, and the best right back of seventeen, eighteen for Man City. And I think in terms of peak in those two seasons for a complete right back, a t- defense and attack, which is what fullbacks need to do these days, I think is better than uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold. So I put him in, mm-hmm. and I can't pick Trent anyway, so because you've already picked him, so. There we go. Um, I just looked up Aguero's stats, and he's consist. He scored over twenty goals, one, two, three, four, five times. His highest total was twenty six in twenty fourteen fifteen with uh, playing thirty three games. Mm. Um, so, if you look at his numbers consistently over a long period of time, longevity, it's phenomenal. But if you're talking like we're doing, peak, he's not really hit the levels of a Kane. A Suarez or a Van Persie. Yeah, that's fair enough. All right, your yeah. goalkeeper then, last pick. I have gone with Edison. Okay. And yeah. uh, I would have to say, I didn't put Allison in because he only really played one season and I, I, I just thought Edison has played longer and I just thought I wanted to give a little bit of... Yeah. I know it was not about that, but I wanted to give a bit of... And for me, okay, he, he has made, I looked it up, about five mistakes leading to goals. But it's in all been in like the last, like in the seventeen eighteen season, he like, I mean, just, he was fantastic. I I agree I that just, Edison has had a higher peak than Allison. I don't think he has. I think Allison's played better over the last two seasons. But that but yeah, I but just Edison's thought, had a higher peak because in the seventeen eighteen season he or the yeah, season he before terrific, yeah. he came in. I mean, and, he comes in. He comes in. It's been a it's been a massive problem for City. Um, goalkeeper getting rid of Joe Hart, who wasn't great, but then replacing him with Claudio Bravo. God, that was a disaster. Um, but Edison, he came in and he had the basics of goalkeeping. He can make saves, he can catch, but he had this. And for me, he's the best goalkeeper in the world with the ball at his feet. You can take it to Stegen and you can stick it where the sun don't shine, as far as I'm concerned. Edison is the best with the ball at his feet, and Allison is second. Um, the guy, the guy played. I think it was it was it striker he used to play because he was just a top top footballer. Do you I mean, that's Sergio Rico. Oh, Sergio Rico. Oh, sorry, sorry. What am I doing, Sergio Rico? His spell at Fulham. How, how's he not in the team? Um, couldn't catch the ball, but it's fine. Uh, so um, yeah, I just think Edison. He's playing out from the back. He's. I mean, that beautiful assist. I, did it? Was it this season or last season? Where he just. Pinged it straight. Yeah, I mean, over. I think he's in, he's got about three or four assists in his Premier League. Yeah, career. I mean, he he's just so terrific, and he gives Man City another dimension. That if their tick attack is not going well, he can play a long ball and give them something else. And I think Edison, he's transformed the way goalkeeping is in this country. Yeah, and I think like De Gea, as much as De Gea, if you're talking saves, all that business. Yeah, he probably is higher. But if you're looking at someone transforming the team, Edison is the one that did that. So for me, Edison gets in. Yeah, fair enough. 
Right, my last pick, left back, is uh, a player I actually really liked watching when in this season was late. Is it's Leighton Baines? Do you know, it's interesting because I, I I I thought about that because mm, you know, if you think back to the 2010-11 season when they had Man Sheamus, yeah, I mean when Everton finished like fifth or sixth or did really well, and they had Seamus Coleman on one side and Leighton Baines on the other side, and they did these, these uh, inst- you know, the classic overlap. Yeah, they thought that was boring. They did underlaps this season and like made that popular again. And Leighton Baines had an insane attacking season at left-back for there with 11 assists and five goals. Yes, that isn't as good as Trent, but this is left-back, and I think that's better than Andrew Robertson has ever done. I don't think it is. And I think it... Well, you've already picked him anyway, so I can't pick him. Uh, yeah, but Andy Robertson is better than Leighton but, Baines. But Leighton Baines is the original Trent, the, the original Andrew Robertson, and he did it in a much worse Everton side. And, like, Liverpool... Of course. Uh, Liverpool's full... But if you're looking at his to... goals tally, if you're looking at his goals tally, he was the penalty sinker. Andrew Robertson wouldn't get near the But he also scored fantastic free kicks. So... Yeah, you but know. he's a set piece. But, Andy no, Robertson, but, you get him get the opportunity because no, he's I think some, I think Leighton Baines had a higher. That's, that's, I thought he was outstanding. That's, 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 that the, that's the advantage of playing for a worse team, like with Alexis Sanchez compared to Mane, is that if you play for a worse team, you're going to get all these opportunities, these free kicks, these penalties. Whereas Andy Robertson doesn't get these opportunities. Yeah, but Andy Andy over, Robertson's playing in a side a Liverpool side where the fullbacks do hardly any defending. So of course their stats are going to be but he higher. does do defending. Baines had to do... How can you say, how can you say Andy Robertson, a European champion, has not done any defending in a I Liverpool I didn't say he did side. any defending, That's but I'm saying group. that, I'm saying, no, I'm saying that the, the fullbacks in this Liverpool side are naturally going to have better attacking stats because their role is to create as much as it is to defend. Whereas Leighton Baines... Leighton Baines was a traditional left back in a much less good Everton side, and he was their chief creator, and that's pretty fantastic yeah. for him. Anyway, anyway yeah. So you read out so your team. So would you? I'll read out my team. So Edison in goal, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Virgil Van Dijk, John Terry, and Robertson at left back. Gareth Bale uh, on one wing, Mane on the other. In the centre, a bit deeper, De Bruyne and Kante. And then my two strikers, Harry Kane and Luis Suarez. Pretty strong side. Right. Pretty strong side indeed. I think I've got... So my team is De Gea in goal. In goal. Uh, Leighton Baines, Aspel Equator, Company and Carl Walker as my back four. My mm-hmm. midfield three. Oh, fantastic. I can't... Oh, if these midfield three actually ever play together, I'd, I'd be so happy. Yaya Torre, Fernandinho and Meza Ozil. Right, and then a front, uh, front three of Hazard, Van Persie and Salah. That is a fantastic uh, first. So let's have a quick discussion. Which team would win? Um, I think mine would. I think mine would. I think mine would. I, 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 think, think... I think I've got a better balance. I think I've got a better front three. Uh, I, do you know why? Do you know why I say that? Do you know why I say that? Because I think my midfield two would outdo your midfield three. And I think that's quite no, crucial. Not true. I think Kante and De Bruyne would outdo your midfield three. No, I think my midfield is perfect. You've got Fernandinho, the holding. You've got Yaya Torre, the box-to-box and the goal scorer. And you've got like Mesut Ozil, the chief creator. It's Look perfect. at my, my team. My team. 
You've got Suarez or Kane dropping in, the other one pinging forward. Gareth Bale and Sadio Mane going inside, in the wing, outside, allowing the fullbacks to ping forward. When the fullbacks ping forward and then De Bruyne comes forward to be the creative force, then Kante will go back and it'll be like a back three. I think my team has so many layers, so it can change within seconds. I think my team has more goals, it has more threat, it has more creativity and the players balance each other well. Whereas you've got players like Salah, is Salah necessarily going to work well in the traditional wide role as well as he does in the sort of front three? I don't think he will. Oh, I think Hazard, would, yeah, but fine, anyway, but... you're you're. I mean, you're playing a four-four-two with attacking wingers. You know, De Bruyne mm. in the middle of the park, and your two Trent Alexander-Arnold and Andrew Robertson at fullback. You are going to concede so many goals. I mean, those are we, though, or, are we just, play gonna, are in a 4 suffocate? Are we just going to suffocate the opposition? I think we're going to suffocate you. No, you're I think no. With with the lights, anyway, of... we're just going to have to agree to disagree because okay, you're yeah. wrong again and you're embarrassing yourself. No. Um, let's do our little quiz to wrap up today. Um, so I'll ask the first question: In the 2013 to 2014 season, who kept the most clean sheets? 2013 to 2014 season. What a team! You want a team? Yes. Um... Uh, I don't know. Maybe it was. I'm guessing one of Liverpool or City. So I'm going to go for because Liverpool scored more. I'm going to go for City. Wrong. It was it. The answer is Chelsea. Oh yeah, of course. Always yeah, Chelsea. Chelsea Mourinho. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's one point to me. Right. Give me a question, Ralph. If I get this right, then I win the quiz. Um. <laughs> Who won the most World Cups? Is it A, Germany, B, Argentina, or C, France? I know that. That's easy. Germany have won four, France have won two, and Argentina have won three, Germany. Well, George is the winner. <laughs> and that's Germany won four, actually, so I should not give no, you I a said point four. That. I said four. Oh, I thought you said three. No, I said four. Yeah, Argentina won three. So uh, I win this quiz, so it's 1-0 as last week we both drew. Join us next week because me and Ralph are discussing our player of the seasons from every year we have been born, starting with 2001 when Ralph was born and going right through to 2020. Um, I hope you've enjoyed uh, today's pod. Please join us again next week. And also the movie pod should be dropping in the next few days as well. So I hope you can join me and my friend Joe for that one. Thank you very much and see you soon.